Welcome to episode 102 of the Night Shift, full of more hype. We're talking all things London Knights and Kitchener Rangers, because the weekend for the London Knights is all London Knights and Kitchener Rangers. My name is Mike Stubbs, along with Kyle Grimard. You can follow Kyle on socials at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. You can follow me at Stubbs980. Two games, lots of hype. Kyle, how similar does this feel to maybe last week going into the game against the Saginaw Spirit? Only double. Yeah, very similar vibes. There was a lot of people circling that game on the calendars, especially after the trade deadline and what Saginaw did to acquire a couple players and really bolster their lineup, of course, hosting the Memorial Cup this coming year. And given the way both the London Knights and Kitchener Rangers have played this year and especially of late and the fact that you get a back-to-back, you get a home and home in Kitchener followed by a home game in London on the Friday, Saturday. There are a lot of people that aren't just going to be watching the first game. They're going to be watching the second game because a lot of times when teams play each other back-to-backs, the team that normally either loses or feels like they get outplayed game one makes adjustments and finds their way to come back in the second game. And I'm very curious to see how these two teams are going to match up against one another, both playing some pretty good hockey as of late as well. Of course, with London in their 12 consecutive games uh, being victorious uh, Kitchener, no slouches as well. They're seven, four and one in their last 12 games. So both teams winning records over the last little bit. And I'm, this is, these are marquee matchups, two of the next five matchups. And they're coming up this weekend. You bet. They still have five to go head-to-head. And if you are headed to the Knights game at Budweiser Gardens on Saturday, there's still a lot of buzz about this. It is Cowboy Hat Night. There are 1,500 PV Mart Cowboy Hats, and the first 1,500 fans are going to get a PV Mart Cowboy Hat. These are going over big, huge, and we've seen lines for things in the past. Well, get ready for lines this time around, too. Let's dive into more of those numbers. Kyle, you mentioned the Knights' 12-game win streak. You mentioned Kitchener 7-4-1 and in their last 12. Rangers coming off a win over the Guelph Storm, where they just flew out of the gate, put up five goals in the first two periods, and they wound up with a victory that now moves them three points ahead of the Knights in the overall standings. And it's going to come down to Kitchener, to London, Saginaw, Sault Ste. Marie for that top spot. And so this becomes a massive weekend. So the Rangers have won four in a row. And in those games, they've beaten North Bay. They're good. They've beaten Erie. They can play tough. Ottawa made a lot of moves at the deadline. And Guelph who right now is the fifth best team in the overall standings. So that's a pretty impressive resume right there. And here's another key to this, Kyle. We're going to talk a lot about the Rangers scoring, but the Rangers have not given up more than two goals in any of those games. They can play stingy and structured hockey. Well, they really can. And it also goes on the back of having a veteran goaltender, similarly to what the London Knights have. These two teams are very similarly built, a very strong defensive core, good goaltending, balanced attack. And then, of course, you know, a couple really big players on Kitchener's side and spread out maybe a little bit more on London's side. But Kitchener, early to begin the season, had, I think, four of the top five scoring leaders all a part of their roster so they can score from a multitude of ways it's not just guys like Carson Rakoff and and Hunter Brustevich they have a few other guys that can put the puck in the back of the net and contribute offensively but no you're right defensively it's been very you know quietly going about Jackson Parsons and that goaltending tandem over there and then defensively it's like you said they haven't given up more than two goals in any of their last four straight wins and they're number one in goals for. They're sixth in goals against. Like they've, they're a very balanced squad from top to bottom. 
Only team to hit 200 goals so far, and they still have three of the top five scorers. And that, of course, is mixed in with Denver Barkey of the London Knights, who currently sits tied for third with Carson Rakoff. Rakoff has 37 goals in 35 games, so you've got to watch him. We're going to ask Rick Stedman what you do with him, how much special attention do you give to a guy like that. But Hunter Brustevich, as a defenseman, still leads the OHL in scoring. That is a feat and a half. And so... This is a team that presents a great big challenge. We know that the London Knights are absolutely rolling, and they want to keep that going. We've got the history between these teams. In 2022, Kitchener beat the Knights in seven games to advance in the playoffs. In 2023, the Knights returned the favor in the second round to advance to the Western Conference Championship. We talked with Max McHugh of the London Knights about the rivalry that has built over these last couple of years. Yeah, every single time we play them, um, you know, Definitely, I don't forget what they did to us a couple years ago when they beat us at home in Game 7, and then um, I'm sure they don't forget when we beat them in five games uh, last year. So, um, And like I, like I touched on earlier, um, you know, we're battling for first place usually against these guys, and um, you know, we're usually 1-2 in the division, So, and they're an hour right down the road. So um, their crowd's usually into it, and we got some fans that go over there too, so it's usually a pretty electric atmosphere, and um, it's always really exciting to go against those guys. London Knights forward Max McHugh. More from Max later on. If we think back to the start of the year, the Kitchener Rangers, they weren't expected to be among the top teams in the OHL. And we're going to have a conversation with Mike Farwell, their play-by-play voice on radio, a little later. And we're actually going to go back to a couple of predictions that Mike made. One is bang on, and the other was the prediction everybody, Kyle, was giving, that the Rangers, eh, this will be a rebuilding year. They're, They're younger. They're going to have to grow. And... Every single person who said that is now looking and trying to figure out how is it that the Rangers have gone beyond all of those early expectations that this would be a growing year and they have been at the top of the charts for a long, long time. And Michael help us to figure it out. But pretty wild when you look and you get a consensus, Kyle, on everybody thinking, no, 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 they're not going to be among the contenders this year. And then everybody misses completely. Yeah, you know, it was just it had to do with the fact that there were a few different graduates from that team. So when you lose a lot of veteran presence, you expect younger guys, there's going to be growing pains. And especially early in the season, Mike, you know, it it takes a little bit for a team to kind of figure things out. We've talked about this actually on this podcast a few times. The London Knights, they normally, especially over the last few years, they kind of start the season off. Yeah, like they're you can tell they're working through some things and then. There's a mid-November or a a marquee game. We always make the joke it's against Ottawa in Ottawa. But then the Knights figure it out. Then they go on a run. Well, Kitchener just started off the year hot. And they got to the top of the rankings and have been there virtually ever since. Now, they haven't been as hot as they were, you know, early on in the season. But the fact that they're coming there, they have a four game winning streak going into these back to backs against the London Knights. But I just think. I people didn't give enough credit to the development of the guys that were still on the roster. Carson Rakoff had multiple good years. He was the 30 goal scorer last year. He, you know, really established himself as one of the better scorers in this league, but his jump from last year, this year is significant. He scored 30 goals last year in 68 games. He is 37 in 35. 
That's an unbelievable jump. He might hit 60 goals, Mike. Like he is on pace to do that. And I can't remember the last time in the OHL we saw a 60 goal score, but it's it's also the emergence of Brustevich on the back end. It's the, the the structure that Kitchener plays, and they've kind of figured it out early on and have given themselves enough of a lead to stay on top for as long as they have. Pretty impressive. And Carson Rakoff was also with Team Canada and missed some games. Now, how does Kitchener play it? Because we outlined they can score goals. We outlined they can defend. We outlined that they've only given up two goals or less in each of their last four games. Well, we sat down with London Knights assistant coach Rick Stedman to ask about the Rangers and the way that they play hockey. Kitch has always been a rivalry for us, no matter what, what what end of the spectrum we're at. So it's always fun going in there. You can't play flat out. You can't play how you have to play in the playoffs every game. There'd be nothing left of you at the end of the year. But are these games where that's what you've got to do in order to win them, even though they're regular season games? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we expect Kitch to come flat out. We expect them to be flying up and down the ice. So we got to match that, or else you'll be uh, you'll lose the game before it even starts. So I think it's a, a playoff mentality. Um, they they know where we everybody stands in the league. They know how big of a game it is. So they, they I think they got that mentality going in. Is it their speed? Is it their structure? What is it that's going to present maybe the biggest challenge? Yeah, you know what? I, I think a little bit of both. They got great team speed. They they play a pretty structured game, and if you get them an inch they take a mile um they got really good goal scorers uh guys that finish off plays and and uh you just can't be loose with that puck you got to manage those turnovers or also make you pay do you pay any special attention to a guy like Carson Rakoff, who every time he shoots, it just seems to find a way in? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you talk about it for sure. Um, you don't go out of your way to do anything uh, against him that way. You just talk about it, let everybody know, okay, he's a good shooter. doesn't have to be inside the house to score. just has to be anywhere close, and he'll find a way to put that puck in. So we just talk about it that way, try to keep him to the outside as much as he can, stick some pucks, deflect him away, and hope for the best. Good luck. Thanks, Tubbsy. London Knights assistant coach Rick Stedman. So, yeah, structured skilled sounds a lot like the london knights well let's talk about how the rangers have exceeded expectations to the point that they had mike farwell is the voice of the kitchener rangers and summed up how everybody was feeling when we talked to him on the podcast earlier in the fall when we looked at the midwest division here's how he felt the kitchener rangers were going to play because we had talked about the fact that they were the best eighth place team maybe in the history of the ohl the knights can throw an entry in there as well for the team that knocked off the plymouth whalers in 2002 they were a number eight seed plymouth was number one knights won it chris hool was amazing jim mckeller is going to mention chris hool when we hear from him a little later on on today's podcast but after that lift, after sweeping the Windsor Spitfires in the first round, it was thought that this year could take a step back. Thank you for starting with that and reminding Rangers fans what they can probably, in fact, know what they will have to be dining on through a season of some growing pains on East Avenue at Kitchener. Now, Mike Farwell did hit on another prediction. Check this one out. Uh, I will say Matt Sopp inherits this team and Matthew Sopp has been outstanding. Joining us once again on the podcast is the one and the only Mike Farwell. Mike, you ready for this? I hope the Ontario Hockey League is ready for this, Mike. It is fantastic. I could not think of a better mid-January scenario than what we're getting this weekend. 
home and home, starts in Kitchener, finishes in London. We did just go back in time, and everybody seemed to have the same sense about the Kitchener Rangers at the start of this year that this would be a building year. There were a lot of guys stepping into different shoes, different roles. Mike, the Rangers have been in first place for it feels like, I don't know, the whole season. What is happening? What has happened? I think what we've seen, Mike, is that the coaching staff of UC Ahokas, Jeff Kurzakis, and uh, Brad Flynn are master builders here because for whatever reason, the recipe that they have put together has got this team responding, along with being well ahead of, I think, what many, myself included, expected the schedule to be. There is just something with this team where they are responding to what the coaches are asking of them. There's a level of accountability. Players are being put into roles where they're finding themselves successful. And frankly, if they are not performing in the roles that they are put into, this coaching staff will find somebody who does perform in that role. And I think that's helped an awful lot as well. Mike Farwell joining us. Mike, how about Matt Saw? You mentioned him at the beginning of the year, and there's a prediction that it was, it's bang on. What does Matt Sop mean to the Kitchener Rangers? Oh, I would say that if there's a heart to the Kitchener Rangers, it's Matt Sop that makes that heart beat. He is just one of those guys, and I think it helps an awful lot that he's a local product. But just watching this guy, Mike, over the years as he developed as a hockey player and as a person, and he's had some very good mentors in the past, including Mike Patizian, who has come and gone from this organization. But he's taken, I think, little pieces from these other players who have contributed so much to the team and just brought that kind of workmanlike approach to the game. So he comes to the rink ready to work every day. He he will rarely cheat you on any shift. And he's at that point in his hockey career where he recognizes for him, it's probably a future at school unless he can really get some attention from pro scouts to maybe find a way into a deal somewhere. And I think, as you would well know, that's a very powerful motivator for these young men. Mike, as a final note, really two deadline acquisitions by the Rangers, and it was curious to see which way the Rangers would go because there is talk that Kitchener could be a bidder for the 2027 Memorial Cup tournament. We know how how Kitchener does when hosting, what a great job the city does. So in this case, we see Edward Chalet and Olivier Savard come over from the Barry Colts. Chalet has played one game for the Kitchener Rangers. Hard to get a read on exactly what he's going to mean to this team, but what do those moves do for this team that was already sitting in first? Yeah, I think so. Depth at the forward position, it gets really interesting and if you're anything like me, Mike, I mean, I play with the line combinations. I wonder how is the coaching staff going to assemble the group tonight and what, what they've done in that one game with Chalet is have them on a line with Carson Rakoff and Philip Mashar, which you would argue then is a as a top-loaded or a front-loaded top line, if you will. But just the way it puts other players in that group of 12 forwards into positions where they've probably got the best chance for success. And all of this without... 
Mitchell Martin, who also is an offensive force and still working his way back from a long-term injury. So things are really interesting up front for the Kitchener Rangers with that deal for Chalet. On the back end, it obviously became a necessity for the Rangers to add some experience and, and some size after Roman Schmidt and Tomasz Hamara were traded away earlier in the season. So those pieces were, quite frankly, necessary, I think, for the Rangers right now. And I like the way general manager Mike McKenzie phrased it. He said, with the way the team has been playing, they they earned the opportunity to have additions made to see what they're able to do through the second half and then into the playoffs. And you mentioned that 2027 bid. And that's one of the other things about the moves that the Rangers made. Were they going to when they're in first place? Do they have the assets to compete with the the bigger players out there like the Saginaw's and the Sudbury's, et cetera? And you look at it and Mike McKenzie, I thought, did a great job of protecting his 2024 draft class. The picks he traded away, none of them are in this year's draft, which is important if he's going to continue building for that 2027 Memorial Cup. And he didn't give away one of his prized 2007 born rookies. So in order to preserve those for that potential run in 2027, I think he did a pretty good job with it. Mike, we've got at least 120 minutes of Knights Rangers hockey. If we start looking forward, it's more like we've got at least 300 in the next couple of months. Can't wait for every second of those games. Thanks so much for taking some time for us. I can't think of a better way to spend the weekend, Mike. Thanks very much for having me. Can't wait for the games. Radio play-by-play voice of the Kitchener Rangers, Mike Farwell. All right, let's move on to how the Knights are feeling going into this because last week they had to get themselves up for the Saginaw Spirit, and that was a massive game on their schedule. And they came out and they ended up winning that game 6-1. Saginaw, that tremendous first shift, the Knights went, okay, this is what you want to do, let's do it. And the Knights won 6-1. Before we get to the hype around this game and then the return game against the Kitchener Rangers, we asked Max McHugh about the streak itself and whether that's much of a topic of conversation around the team. Oh uh, Yeah, obviously it's tough to, I mean, not count it, right? Um, we, we know every time that... Um, you know, we're stepping into another game that we want to, obviously we want to win every single game, but we know that there's, so say the streak's on the line. I mean, we're not really talking about it too much, but in the back of our minds, obviously, um, we know what's going on. And um, like I said, we have the same mindset of we're trying to win every single night. So it doesn't change. The last time you were in a position like this wasn't too long ago, taking on the Saginaw Spirit. Big game, lots of hype. You know there's a good team. Now it's back-to-back against Kitchener. Lots of hype. You know they're a good team. How does going through what you did that day of against Saginaw maybe help you a week later? Uh, yeah, we're definitely, um, you know, ready for it. I think, uh, you know, we've had a good week of practice here. And, um, you know, we know what's at stake with, um, you know, them being in our division and, um, you know, the points being a couple more. Um, you know, we're, we're tight in the, obviously in the conference. We're, uh, obviously, everyone wants to be first place. So, um, yeah, like I said, we're all ready for it. And like I said, we're, we're going to try and, uh, you know, step it up a, a notch from, from what we did to SAG. If we went back to October, November, and we were talking about the conversations that we were having then, everybody was using that word, we want to find consistency, want to find consistency. You guys have found that. What is it that's allowed you to find that? What's happening? Uh, I think we're just trusting the coaches a lot more. Um, and we're starting to listen to them a lot more too. I mean, obviously we do video every single day on, on certain teams and, and they're preparing us uh, 
you know, obviously they do video for, for six hours a day, so they're preparing us uh, to the best of their abilities. And um, I think at the start of the season, we were kind of just a little lackadaisical. We weren't really listening or um, weren't really executing as well, and, and that's when we were kind of up and down. And now we're just kind of trusting the process of listening to the coaches, working hard in practice, uh, trusting your line mates, one another, and um, it's starting to click right now, And but we got to keep it going. I mean, 12 in a row, we, we, we can lose two to Kitchener this weekend and be back right out of the first place hunt. So um, we're not letting our guard down, that's for sure. One thing that was pointed out was nobody's really concerned about who gets the goals, but it's, it is now just about winning. Is that something you feel in the room? Yeah, um, obviously it's my last year too, so it's a little extra for me to, I mean, all, all I want to do is win. So, um, But you can just see it in the, in the celebrations. Um, everyone's happy for one another. Everyone on the bench is excited. Um, you know, we're scoring, we're scoring at a pretty good pace right now. We're putting up um, a lot of goals, and, um, you know, everyone's just happy for one another. Um, you can see that on the ice, but especially in the room, too, where no one else can see it. We're all um, really, really happy for each other. Finally, on a personal note, you got to go up against your brother, and this year he's playing a lot of minutes. Now he's an Owen Sound, a few more games against him. What has that been like? Yeah, it's always fun to play him. I mean, not too many people can say they, they, they battle against their brother in the OHL, so... Um, definitely, you know, fun for my family and, um, you know, fun for me and him. We, we, we like to chirp each other um, on text and then definitely on the ice. And now that he's playing a lot more, it uh, makes it a lot more fun to, you know, go up against him. It was a tough day for the attack. Did you hold off on maybe how much you texted him afterward? Yeah, I held off him. Um, my parents were telling me to go see him after the game and um, they were all feeling bad for him. But, um, you know, I, I didn't really feel too bad because he's got a ring and I don't. So... Um, you know, I'm not too worried about it. Max, thanks. Thank you. London Knights forward Max McHugh. Before we close out this edition of the podcast, you can hear Jim McKellar, Mark Mathot, Billy Carroll, conversations with each of them. They make up the 2024 Don Brankley London Knights Hall of Fame. And I just want to take you to a snippet because I love this story. Jim McKellar. Joining us, former assistant general manager with the London Knights, now an amateur scout with the Chicago Blackhawks, two-time Stanley Cup winner in building those Hawks teams. And he became an employee of the Knights about two weeks after Mark and Dale had purchased the team. So he's been there from the beginning. Here is Jim McKellar talking about the first draft pick that Mark and Dale Hunter ever made with the London Knights and how even at fourth overall in the draft, it ended up being Rick Nash. Well, I still tease Mark about it, Subsy, because it was still one of the funniest things. It was the last year of the live draft, and it was, you know, we were picking fourth overall, and we had seen them, I, you know, previous to that, I had worked for Sarnia prior to that, and Mark had worked till, with Sarnia up until January of that year. So he was current with the players, he got the team. He was out of prospects. Tournaments were going on. Um, so he was very current. And, I mean, I know that he was number one on the board for us. And I know that when we went through the draft, we were very nervous because, you know, we moved through the draft. I think the first pick was Patrick Jarrett. Second pick was Tim Brent. And then the third pick is where the story got interesting because it was the Owen Sound attack. And they went up to the podium, went up to the front, and they said, we select from the Toronto Marlboros Richard Power. And as soon as they said Toronto Marlies, he kind of sunk because he was a teammate of Rick Nash's. And we were like, oh, jeez. Oh. And then they drafted. And Richard was a very good defenseman. He played, you know, had a good career um, in the OHL. But Mark grabbed the hat, the jersey, and I think he, I don't know if he, you know, he basically beelined it for the stage the minute he got, and he selected as quickly as you can select someone 
he said, so Michelle and I was like that. <laughs> and, you know, he was very, and Rick came up and got the jersey and the hat. And I still tease Mark that he, he knocked people down going to the stage to draft Rick. And uh, we had a lot of laughs about that years after. But uh, Rick was a foundational player for the team and, and somebody that got the ball rolling for them and a new ownership. And, you know, obviously he's, he went on to be a star in the National Hockey League, a drafted first overall. But he started the ball rolling. And then, you know, Corey Perry and Dave Boland and all the players that were in those those first couple drafts really built the foundation. That uh, And another player that I that I mentioned early on to, Sebzi, is uh, Chris Sewell. Played a huge role in the, the transition of the London Knights and the ownership in the beginning of getting better and winning. I remember who almost single-handedly beat out the Plymouth Whalers. Rick was scoring, Mike Stathopoulos, a couple guys up front. And uh, Chris Hull would make 50 saves, and we managed to beat them out. Uh, so he's another one in the in the foundational uh, early stages of the London Knights that certainly made an impression on me. You can hear more from Jim McKellar. You can hear from Mark Mathot, And you can also hear from Billy Carroll, all three inductees in the class of 2024 for the Don Brankley London Knights Hall of Fame, all telling stories about all kinds of things, and they are available wherever you find Night Shift, so wherever you get your podcasts, and they are up there right now. But each of them is their own little conversation, if you want to check that out. And then, Kyle, we'll be recapping the Knights and the Rangers on our next podcast. Can't wait to see what happens in this one. Can't wait to see who gets the cowboy hats. Now, I'm going to try and get there a little early to snag one myself. You know, I'm, I, you know, I'm with the country station at Chorus Radio, and I, I got to be able to snag at least one or two for the station. But uh, first 1,500 fans in attendance will receive that cowboy hat, so you got to make sure you're one of the first 1,500 in that marquee matchup coming up this coming Saturday, January the 20th, the second half of the back-to-back kids, the Kitchen Rangers. And to answer the question that was asked earlier in the podcast, last OHLer to score 60 goals by my math, Justin Brazo with the North Bay Battalion going all the way back to 2017-18. Hasn't happened in a while. We'll see what happens the rest of the way with Carson Rakoff, and we'll certainly talk about the Knights and the Rangers. Enjoy it. Yep, sounds good, Mike. And again, follow along wherever you want to get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And Mike, I just want to say great job on the the Don Brankley Hall of Fame inductees and those conversations that you had with them. Uh, those are just they're stories that you never normally hear. So if you want to go back and, and listen to some of the things that they had to say, make sure you go check them out wherever you get them. At Stubbs980 on socials, at Kyle Grimard. And uh, again, I can't wait for this weekend, Mike. I'm sure you can't either. It's going to be fun. 